we've looked at the temptations of Jesus in Luke chapter 4. The three main temptations that Jesus lifts up, uh, makes us aware of, and we have learned so much from them. What he teaches us here is the nature of true ministry. The nature of true ministry. He's been tried. He's been tested. Now he goes out to fulfill true ministry. And what is true ministry like? We want to take some time today to look at this. Because you and me are all involved in ministry. You may not be have or have an official title of for doing something, but every one of us has got something to do. We all involved in ministry in one way or the other. Praise God. And if there's anything that I wanted to take away this morning, it is this that. God's love, God's goodness and his love to people is not exclusive. Let me rephrase it. God's goodness and God's love, right, are not exclusive. So let's open up our ministries to serve everybody everywhere. I'll say it again. God's love, sorry, God's goodness and his love are not exclusive. So let's open up our ministries to serve everybody, everywhere. Amen. Because when we have the idea that, that you know, God's love and God's goodness are exclusive, it is for an exclusive group then we also close up and serve an exclusive people. But God is not bound to any individual, any group, any nation, any class, or any cohort. He's not exclusive. Praise God. And this we see in the ministry of Jesus in this passage. Now, in verse 16 of Luke 4, Luke 4, it says that Jesus comes to Nazareth and as his custom is, he goes to the synagogue. The synagogue was some kind of little house or building, you know, built apart from the temple. The temple was where all the sacrifices take place, where we have the high priest and all that functioning. But the synagogues was like, just like a little, um, not so little, but that's where they go for different meetings, hear the word of God, and have certain fellowship and then go back. There are no sacrifices offered in those places. It's just a meeting place. And that's it. But as a young boy, he grew up going to the synagogue every Sabbath day. So here he comes to Nazareth, his hometown, and he goes there. And the Bible says when he goes there, the minister or the attendant of the synagogue hands him the reading for the day, like we have just had a few minutes ago, the reading. So what we do here is scriptural, you know, and he turns the, the Bible to, so he takes the book that is the scroll, given to, it was Azar's scroll. He turns it to Azar, to the portion that reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. In our Bibles, you will find it in Azar 61, verses 1 to 2. And he reads it. Praise God. And this is what he reads. The spirit of the Lord is upon me 
because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And in verse 20, it reads, and he closed the book and he gave it to the minister and he sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened unto him. You see, so Jesus sat down after reading, he sat down to speak to the people. Unlike we are made to stand, you know, and preach the word of God. But God is merciful. Hallelujah. So he reads, these are the things that he reads here. And here we see that true ministry serves the poor. We are talking about true ministry. Or if you like, the nature of true ministry. Or ministry in God's kingdom. Ministry in God's kingdom, which is true ministry, serves the poor. What do I mean by ministry? Ministry, by ministry, I mean the activity you carry out to, you know, spread whatever that you, are, whatever that you believe in, those activities. So, so for the Christian, ministry is the activity you carry out to expand the kingdom of God. That activity. I'll say it again. For the Christian, it is the activity you carry out to expand the kingdom of God. Right, so, true ministry or ministry serves, true ministry serves the poor. What do I mean by the poor? Look at what Jesus Christ says here in, uh, in, in the verse 18. Just a quick round here. He comes to these people in a, on a Sabbath day, he's given this book, he reads it to them. And when he reads it to them, later on he will tell them in the verse 21, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Some of them get a bit upset with him, not so sure about what he's saying, what he's on about here. But then he goes on and tells them that no prophet is accepted in his country. And then he gives them examples of some Gentiles who were blessed by God. And that makes them really angry. So they literally drives him out of the synagogue with the intent of throwing him over the cliff. Right. So that's where our passage ends today. Now let's come back to the verse 18. That was just to give a summary of the whole verse. Now, he, why do we say that true ministry serves the poor? Look at the verse 18. In the verse 18, he addresses certain people and, and, he, and he says that this is the kind of people I have come to serve. This is my activity in, you know, coming to establish the kingdom of God and to expand it. And this is what I do. So whatever I do, this is what it must achieve. One, he says, it is to bring, it is to bring the gospel, that is the good news, to the poor. Who is the poor? A poor person is a person who has got no choices or has got limited choices. It's limited. A person with limited choices. He goes, a poor, now, now the, the poor here, I know that some people try to, um, to inter try, try to say that the poor here refers to the spiritually poor. And then some say the poor refers to, you know, those that are physically poor. So there's a divide here. But when we are talking about the kingdom of God, God is concerned not only with the spiritual, only with your physical, He's concerned with both. 
both physical and spiritual poor is what we are talking about here. Those who had no choice after listening to him but had to go home hungry, he gave them food to eat. See, like I said, a, a poor person is, is, a, is a person who has no choices or limited choices. He goes to the shop. He wants to buy something. He sees many things there. He would wish to buy certain things. But he can't. Because when he checked the money in his, in his pocket, they're not enough. He's limited. As a poor person. Jesus says, I have come with good news. What is the good news? The, the good news will be that you will no longer be limited in your choices. Some people don't know, you know, how to even approach. They are feeling so guilty, so sinful, so condemned. Not know what to do. But Jesus Christ is saying, I have come so that you will know where to turn to. You will know the difference be between what destroys and what saves after you've encountered me. After I am through with you, Jesus Christ said, you will know where to go. You will know the difference. You will no longer be simple. You will be able to decide where to go. You have choices. I have come to do that. To bring good news to the poor. Hallelujah. So both spiritual and physical poor he addresses. So if you are poor today physically, you are limited in your choices. I've come to tell you today that Jesus has come that you will not be limited anymore in your, in your choices. Praise the Lord. This is the love of God. This is the goodness of God. Then he says, He sent me to heal the broken hearted. The broken hearted, broken hearted uh, uh, refers to something that is Shattered. So broken hearted. I mean broken, shattered. So broken hearted refers to a heart that is, you know, shattered in pieces. It's cut, shattered, it's, it's broken down and thrown about in pieces. Broken hearted. It presents a condition of despair or hopelessness. So people who find themselves in despair. They turn around and there is nothing to inspire hope. Nothing to aspire to. Or aspire for, I mean nothing. Jesus says, I have come to heal that despair. I have come to bring healing. To that loss. This is what I've come to do. And then he says also. To preach deliverance to captives. You see. Deliverance. That, that means to bring you out. To deliver you. To make you escape. You know. Captives. Captives here. Ref, the sense here. Is. Um. You know when people go to war and they are captured by their enemies and the enemy takes you into their camp and you don't know what is going to happen to you. It is a, it is a state of fear. What are they going to do to me? Jesus says, I come to deliver you from that fear. Anyone bound by any kind of fear. Jesus declares that my ministry or my activity 
concerning God, in, in expanding God, and bringing God's kingdom to you, is to bring you out of any kind of fearful condition. Anything that terrifies you. I've come to break the hold of fear upon your life. That is what he says he's come to do. Say amen wherever you are. Hallelujah. He says, I've come to do that. To break it. And also he says, to bring recovery. Hallelujah. He says, recovery of sight to the blind. Recovery of sight. One of the most, you know, one of, one of the most difficult things, uh, frustrating things is, you know, having eyes but not being able to see. I mean, it is there, but you can't see. Especially, you understand this when you know you've got eyes, but you enter a dark place and you can't see anything. It's so frustrating. And there are people who are physically cannot see or could not see. And Jesus, Jesus, as we know, when he came, he brought sight to them. So here, the blindness is not just spiritual blindness, as you might want to call it, but physical blindness too. And he brings healing. He heals blind eyes. Hallelujah. If we make it all spiritual and say, oh, it is only spiritual blindness, those who cannot see God, then that means, you know, what about the healing? What about the fact that he's a healing God? He healed yesterday and he continues to heal today. What about that? So you see, it is to restore both physical blindness and spiritual blindness too. Amen. And there are certain people also who, you know, men, they cannot see far. They, their imagination, they, they, they can't imagine. Put them in any situation and you, realize, and, and you see, they are stuck. They can't imagine. It's like there's no foresight. Can't be able to picture things and know what to do. That's a problem. That's a human problem. But Jesus says, I have come to deal with that too. Help him be able to imagine, be able to see far. Because when God was dealing with Abraham, he said, to him, Abraham, you are wondering. I told you I'm gonna make your seed as numerous as whatever. Come, come out, look at the stars, try and count them. That's how many that your, your descendants or your offsprings are going to be. He gave Abraham a picture, imagination. God works with imagination. So if you can't imagine where what is going to happen is very painful and, and it's a human problem and Jesus says I have come to heal that too hallelujah wherever you are say amen with me hmm. and then finally he says he says I have also come to set at liberty those who are bruised to be bruised here, bruised, the word bruised here refers to oppression. Those who are oppressed, to set at liberty, that is, I bring liberation to those who are oppressed. Oppressed by man, oppressed by systems, or oppressed by sin and by Satan, both physical and spiritual. He said, I've come to set at liberty. I've come to bring, I bring you liberation. So in Jesus Christ, we find liberation from any kind of oppression we might be experiencing in our lives. Whatever oppresses you today, I just want you to, to understand that Jesus, this ministry, brings liberation. It brings liberation from every form of oppression you might find yourself in whether oppression of man or oppression of 
sin or oppression of systems or oppression of whatever, his ministry brings liberation, liberates us. This is what he comes to do. And then finally, he says, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, the acceptable year of the Lord refers to what the Israelites or the Jewish people call the year of Jubilee. In the year of Jubilee, everybody who was in any kind of, you know, debt was released. Your, your debt was cancelled. If you had given your farm to someone because you wanted some food to, to survive, in the year of, of Jubilee, your farm or land was released back to you. If your children have gone into slavery or any kind of thing because of economic difficulties, they were all released back to you. So it's a year of release, it's, it's a year of liberty, it's a year of freedom for, for God's people. So I've come to tell you that the ministry of Jesus, whatever kind of challenge you found yourself in, he said, I, I, my ministry is to liberate, is, is to come to tell you, hey, it's your period of freedom in me. In Christ Jesus, we enjoy the freedom of God. Hallelujah. If it is wisdom, he will grant you that you will come out of whatever you find yourself entang and entangled with. If it's power to release, hey, he's overcome all the power of the enemy. All. Oh, he's broken them all. So in him, you can enjoy freedom. You need to open up the, the mind, believe it, accept it, and enjoy it in Christ. But if you have never known him, I just come to tell you that he can, that his power, his power breaks the power of the enemy. Whatever hold, whatever keeps you bound, his power breaks it. Not that it can, because it has. Praise God. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. You see, so, there, so all the things that plague mankind, poverty, brokenness, blindness, oppression. You see, mankind is, is plagued by these four conditions. People are in poverty. People are broken in their lives. People are under oppression. People are blind, can't see far where they are going. All kinds of things going on. Jesus Christ says, I have come to bring liberation. You see, so, his, so, you see, so true ministry serves the poor. All these things are poor conditions. A true ministry serves. So, no matter whatever your ministry is, whatever, no matter what your activity to expand God's kingdom is, it must serve the poor. It must. You see, it, because true ministry, true ministry, true ministry serves the poor. True ministry does not leave the poor just as is. Just pat the poor on the shoulder and so, You'll be alright. No, true ministry serves the poor. It ministers physically and spiritually. It ministers. This is what we need to understand in God's kingdom. If we're going to expand God's kingdom, then this, we have to understand this truth. This is what Christ is teaching us here. Now, if you're going to expand my kingdom, you need to understand this, that true ministry serves the poor. It deals with brokenness. It deals with poverty. It deals with blindness. And it deals with, with oppression. It brings liberation. It brings freedom. It brings liberty. It provides answers. Solutions. It brings a way out. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. So, but verse 20. And he closed the book and gave it to the, again to the attendant, sorry, to the minister, and sat down. 
And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fasting on him. And, verse 21, and he began to say unto them, that is, as he sat down, he began to teach from all these, from this passage that he just read to them. He began to teach from there. And this was a summary of all that he was saying. He said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness. Verse 22. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Now let me point out something to you. The second thing I want to point out to you, first, for the first one I, I've just gone through is the fact that true ministry serves the poor, right? The second thing you want to note down this, write this down. True ministry amazes and offends. Hello? True ministry amazes and offends. What do I mean by that? <laughs> if you look at the verse 22, it reads, And all bear him witness, and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. You've seen that, right? So here, he sits down after reading the scriptures and tell and begin to speak and, and spoke to them. Now remember, a, bit of, a little bit of history here. They have heard Jesus doing great things, you know, outside of Nazareth. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they feel a bit proud. That's our boy, you know. Nazareth is produced a fine preacher. I mean, you know, Nazareth has, has produced something wonderful. Bless, wonderful, awesome. So he comes to town, and when he comes into the synagogue, the minister gives him the book. Because they know this is what he's been doing. So they give him the, the book, and he reads out of it. And I'm sure as he was sitting down, as he read Isaiah, now, understand this, all the people in the synagogue on that day, I mean, more, I mean, almost all of them, they knew, they knew what he was reading already. They often find, um, they were often comforted by the words from this book. You know, you know, when the Messiah comes, this is what he will do. He will bring good news to all the poor people. Our poverty shall be busted, you know, we will all be fine. He will bring recovery of sight to the blind. He will heal the brokenhearted. The people whose lives are shattered. He will bring healing. Oh my goodness. People who are enslaved, they sold themselves to all kinds of things. He will bring, you know, deliverance. And, and those who are oppressed, he will bring freedom and liberty. So they knew. And they were enjoying. Says, and they all bear witness the gracious words. That means that what he was saying was comforting and soothing to them. They were enjoying it. It was good. So true ministry, they were amazed by his words. His words were gracious and they were loving it. But you see, as much as true ministry amazes, it also offends. And then, as he spoke to them, because he is the reality of all that they have ever read in their New Testament, in the, in the Old Testament. He tells them, today, as I stand here, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. You will no longer look forward today to do it. Today, you come. Today, it's available for you to partake of it. Today, 
you is available for you. Today is here, right in this temple. Partake of it. Sorry, in this synagogue. Partake of it. Right now. Right now in this era, in this season, as I'm preaching to you right now, the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is present. The kingdom of God is bringing healing to the sick. Recovery of sight to the blind. Good news to the poor. Broken hearted, being healed. Captives. Slaves. Those in fear. Being delivered. Hallelujah. It's happening now. It's happening. It's here right now. Right now as I'm talking, if you are sickening in any part of your body, be healed in the name of Jesus. Because he brings healing. Your mind is disturbed in any way. May you receive soundness of mind. And keep listening. Because it is the word of God that keeps the mind at peace. He said, God will keep in perfect peace. The person whose mind is stayed on him. As you stay your mind upon God, the peace of God will forever be your portion. Let your mind and heart remain upon God. Don't let them be going to and fro. If you keep your mind so much on things around you, all that happens around you, it's, it is enough, even, even just for a few minutes, it's enough to destabilize you and to make you, you know, know and, to, and to muddle you up and, and make you feel like, hey, there's no hope. But turn your attention. Focus. I want to encourage you. As you're listening to this message today. If you keep getting up and going out and coming in. Going, stop it. Sit down and listen. It will bless you. Keep your mind focused. Wherever you are. Attentiveness is one key thing in God's kingdom. God requires attentiveness. You will not get the message if you just keep going in and out. Praise God. Now, when he tells them, I have come to fulfill all that you've been reading about Isaiah, Isaiah all these years, I have come to fulfill them. I am the one who fulfills this prophecy. That did not go down well for them. <laughs> true ministry always offends. Why does it offend? Now, uh, uh, true ministry amazes and offends at the same time. Now, why does it offend? Amazement, we know, we are okay with it because it brings gracious words, but why does it offend? It offends because true ministry is always carried out by real people. Real people who live in families. Real people who probably have had challenges in the, in the past, but now have a ministry. And it is these things that makes true ministry offense. How? In what way? Listen to the question they ask. Come with me. What was the question? In verse, in verse 22, verse 22, they ask the question. They say, the last line, and they said, is, is not this Joseph's son? You see, so this question in the synagogue, they were, they, it was customary for them to be, you know, talking among themselves as the preaching was going on. What is that? What is, why, why did he say that? Why did he say this scripture, today is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Why, why is he saying that? Is that not Joseph's son? How, how, how could he be saying that? Because for the Jews, they, the Jews understood that this scripture in Isaiah 61 verse 22 that yes Christ is reading here is something for the Messiah. The Messiah they are waiting for is for the Messiah to fulfill. Not for Joseph's son. So they're wondering, how? Did you hear what he said? He said, today this scripture is fulfilled. That means he, 
That means he's saying he's a Messiah. Is that not Joseph's son? How could he be? Ah, no. Okay, all right. And then they sit still. So they were offended. Why? Because Joseph's son. They know him. When he was born, when he, <laughs> when he was a little boy, they all knew him. Some of them ran with him on the streets. Some of them even played football with him. Some of them knew that they ate with him. I mean, they went to the shop to buy things to, to, to take off. Some of them knew. We knock. It's like Joseph's son. What is he on about? Just like you. When you tell people you, when you when when God has given you a ministry and you begin to speak or begin to, you know, go about with your ministry, people begin to, ah, but what's he trying to do? Is it not this so-and-so who is married to so-and-so? Is it not this boy who just grew up from here that we all know? Why is he now acting that? Hey, ministry. Ministry is performed by real people who live in families, who come out of families. Ministry is not performed by aliens. You see, so when you, when you, sometimes your ministry will amaze people and sometimes your ministry will attract offense. People will be offended by it. When people are offended by it, let's never ever think that because people are offended by it, it's not true ministry. This is what Jesus is teaching us here. That true ministry amazes it also offends here. And the offense is because people have a problem. They cannot deal. They cannot deal with the fact that though they know you from childhood or whatever, or you are, you see, ministry is, is, is performed by ordinary people. And people often cannot deal with that fact. Are you an ordinary person being given this ministry? You mean God is speaking through you? 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 Really? You with that hair and that nose and that, you know, that circumstance? You? You who made some mistakes last week? You mean God is speaking through you now? How? How, how could that be? Hey, I've come to tell you. True ministry both amazes and offense. I know you can handle the amazement, but with offense, often we trip. But don't trip. When you're offended, it's because people have an internal issues. The problem here is this. They were too familiar with Jesus. They were familiar with the physical G, with the, with the physicality, his, his physical person. They were so familiar with it, they couldn't move past the physical person to deal with the one who has been anointed by the Spirit to bring their deliverance, their healing, and their salvation. They could not handle it. They could not handle it because they were too familiar with it. Uh, and it's often said, familiarity breeds contempt. No matter how familiar you become with something, I beg of you, don't treat those things with contempt, the things of God with contempt. Don't treat Jesus with contempt. Hallelujah. Praise God. So yes, come with me now to verse 23. Verse 23. In verse 23, it reads, So it's not this Joseph's son. They were offended. Oftentimes, let me say this. Let's always watch out on those thoughts when you are enjoying a ministry. Often, I have known people who have enjoyed ministry. And then along the line, all of a sudden, some idea, some tradition, some thought comes into their mind. And then they'll begin to now find fault with the ministry that they are enjoying. 
But do not, and, and because they begin to find fault, and that fault is so real to them, they think that ministry is not a true ministry. But they don't know the truth about God. That true ministry of, of God both amazes and offends. They don't realize that Jesus, even Jesus, people were offended at him. So this will save God a lot of us, you know? That when you, when you, 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 you trip upon something, rather check the idea that you conceived. Check the idea that you embraced. Because as, as, as they were hearing, gradually when Jesus Christ said, this day, this scripture fulfilled in your ears, that all of a sudden, their mind began to change. See, the mind is very, very tricky. You need to be, you need to be very cautious that when certain thoughts are coming, watch them. Watch them. Watch them. Because God always brings ministry to bless. And the part of the blessing is to challenge some ideas that we all have in our minds. And part of the blessing is to challenge some traditions that we have. But when we do not realize that, do you know what? We need to submit our ideas to that of the word of God or to God. And think that our ideas rather should stand. Then we become offended and we move away from true ministry. God have mercy. Verse 23 reads, And he said unto them, You see, so when he knew what, what they were thinking, or what they were whispering among themselves, because they actually said it. They were not just thinking it. They were whispering among themselves. And he knew it anyway. And he said un, un, unto them, You will surely, you will surely say to me, this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. <laughs> Physician, heal thyself. You know, charity begins at home. So if you're really great, do something here. But the problem is, when people are related to you, especially family, don't let family make you doubt your ministry. Don't let close friends make you doubt your ministry. Don't let those people who knew you make some mistakes in the past. Make you doubt your ministry. The activity that God has given you to expand his kingdom. That's what I mean by ministry. Don't let people who are close to you and know you. And know your ordinariness and know your reality that you are a real person. And can pinpoint one or two things. Don't let those things make you abandon your ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, say amen with me. To God be the glory. And um, so let's continue. He says, you will say to me, physician, heal yourself. Do something. If you're really of God, then why are we not seeing? Why? You're not seeing this, all these things because you really don't believe it. Jesus says, his own brothers did not even believe while he was alive. His own brothers didn't even believe him. Because they were too close with him. Him. They are too familiar. And that is the danger. You need to be aware of this danger to guard against it. Many people trip on this thing because they're not aware of it. But, but, but the solution is to become aware that when you are too close to something, you tend to lose the regard and the respect for it. But once you become aware that yes, this is a possibility, you guard against it. And that is something I learned when I was a very young Christian. I learned that when you're so close, some people, they are so close to the minister, they lose the fact that he's a minister of God. And so when he speaks his word, they don't even see it as a word of God, and they begin to challenge it. And so they have never moved forward 
in their work with God. So if that's your situation, check. And from this day, begin to root that thing out of your life completely. A thousand words said there. Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Jesus Christ himself tells them, I know. No prophet is accepted in his own country. I know that. So what you are doing, I'm already aware of it. But don't worry. You are thinking I'm Joseph's son. But actually I'm not. <laughs> if the truth were told, I'm not really Joseph's son. Joseph didn't give birth to me. I am my father Joseph's Lord. Actually, I created him. I made him. If the truth must be told. But I, and then he says, but I tell you the truth. You see, so you are getting so familiar with me and you, you are not really receiving. But the thing is, is understand. My ministry is not just restricted to you. Understand that. That brings me to the last point I want to make today. That you see, true ministry is not exclusive. True ministry is not exclusive. True ministry is not tied to a particular group. Black church, white church, green church, yellow church, Filipino church, Ghanaian church, Nigerian church, African church, white man's church, all kinds, little, little groups. True ministry is not exclusive. God's, let me repeat it, God's goodness and love are not exclusive. So let's open up our ministries to everybody, everywhere. Let's open it up. Jesus Christ is telling them, do you know what? If my ministry was tied to you, then right now what you are doing, I will be tempted now to make sure that I tailor my words so that they fit exactly your tradition and ideas. But the good news is that my ministry, what I've come to do in God's, or true ministry in God's kingdom is not tied to any group or nationality. God does not build camps. True ministry is not confined to camps. True ministry opens up. True ministry influences everywhere. It's not restricted to camps. As often people want to. Some people, they only speak God's truth to a particular group of people. They only witness to certain group of people. But hey, no. True ministry is not exclusive. He see, he says this. He says... And then he tells them, he, he tells them this. He says, listen, listen, listen. I am aware no prophet is accepted in this country. So if prophets were only, if prophets were only bound to their countries, then God's work would not be done. God's work, because you will not accept them. So prophets... Go elsewhere. God sends them elsewhere. And then he gives them two examples. He gives them Elijah. Verse 25. But I tell you that, but I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of, of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, 
a city of Sidon unto a woman that was a widow. <laughs> he said, you see, when there was famine three and a half years in your land, and there was a prophet in there, God took the prophet and sent him to serve, to minister to a widow in Sidon, in Gentile land. So that should tell you that God never intended that the ministry he gives to his people be tied down to a local area and there was so much our language is local our presence are local everything that we do is just local everything is just for the people and then when they reject us we are frustrated there's no no god never intended now listen I have come to set up God's kingdom, which is for the whole world. How can I be limited to Nazareth? The kingdom is to... It, it is... <laughs> the kingdom is to cover the whole earth. All humanity are being drawn into this kingdom. The kingdom is drawing every soul. Arab, Asian, African, whatever, is drawing every... So how can it be limited? He says, you see, Elijah was sent to this woman in Sidon. God sent him there to minister. So God, you see, Elijah was anointed by God, filled with the Spirit of God. So when I declare unto you, the Spirit of God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. I did not qualify the poor to say the poor in Israel. Poor to the poor general. Healing to the brokenhearted. Every brokenhearted. There are no comes here. Hallelujah. Whew. You see, let's Understand this, that Elijah went to a woman who was far away from the camp. God sent him there. As if that was a mistake, right? As if that was a mistake. <laughs> His successor, Elisha, he, he too... There were many lepers, Jesus Christ says, there were many lepers in Israel. But God brought Naaman from Syria to be cleansed by Elisha. To be cleansed by Elisha. He was cleansed. After jumping to the lake and um, Jordan and Seven times, and he was cleansed. Bible says his skin became fresh like a little child. Reading in first Kings. I mean, it, it, it was wonderful. So God and Jesus Christ picked these two examples and tells Nazareth, Nazareth, understand this. Understand this. That you are being hindered because of your familiarity with me, but understand, I understand. Don't, don't worry. Ministry is not just to you. Ministry is to everybody. You have to understand this. And you are stumbling upon my ministry because you know my childhood. You know where I grew up from. And that has been a stumbling block to you. Go past the natural. Go past. Like the scripture says, we knew Christ after the flesh, but now we know no man after the flesh. Go beyond the natural. Go beyond the physical. Don't be stuck with the physical. If you are stuck with the physical, you'll not be able to really experience God's power, God's blessedness, God's goodness, God's love, which is not exclusive to any particular group, but to all. Then in the New Testament, after Jesus Christ, 
The disciples, even though Jesus Christ healed many people who were Gentiles in his day, he showed it, he demonstrated it. His disciples were still caught in this exclusive ministry. So God gave Peter a trance or a vision where God showed him that you know what? Ministry should not be restricted to your nationality or to your group or to whatever to say that some people don't deserve it. No, my kingdom, I have come to establish my kingdom to draw in all people. So, wherever I put, wherever I send you go. So Peter in Acts chapter 10, what we read earlier on, we see how God dealt with him and God removed the stumbling block and said, you know what, do not call anything common or unclean or undeserving. If I send you, go and minister. Some people, the challenge is this. Their challenge is this. How could God give me his spirit? And then his spirit, I'm using his spirit to serve. To serve people who are not born again. How could that be? Jesus Christ said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring the gospel to the poor. Every poor. Every broken heart, every blindness, his spirit. So when the spirit of God is upon us, it doesn't mean that we are restricted and we are only to serve people who have only been saved. God wants us with his power, reach out, open the ministry up, reach far, reach people. His love is not exclusive. His goodness is not exclusive. We already know that he makes his light, his sun and light to shine upon the good and the bad. And he is God. Christ had a spirit without measure. And he was open to everyone who came. And he shows that in Peter's ministry. Went to Cornelius' house. And he actually opened his mouth and said, you know, by, by tradition, I'm not meant to be here. And as he was talking, the Holy Ghost just bypassed him and baptized the people. And made them all speak in tongues. And they realized that, wow, so God has blessed these people with what we have been blessed. Oh, then their minds begin to change. That ministry, true ministry, is not exclusive. Remember, remember this. Daniel was full of the Spirit. But his ministry was not in Jerusalem. It was in Babylon. He served a heathen king with the spirit of God. Joseph had a spirit of God within him. But he served a heathen king in Egypt. Mordecai served in the Persian court as well. Don't restrict yourself. Don't confine the Holy Spirit. Don't confine God's grace and God's power upon your life to certain environments. Hallelujah. Don't confine. Don't confine it, praise God. Don't confine it. People around close may not accept That's what people do anyway because of their own issues. But, and don't spend all your time trying to, you know, fight them and trying to, because if you do that, then you are going to try, you know, to confine yourself to them and make sure that your, your words and everything that you use and the things you, all your examples and everything will just be just for this small minority. Let's open up our ministries. Whatever ministry you've got, begin to now think outside of the box. Hallelujah. Begin to minister far and wide. Because the kingdom is about touching the whole of humanity. So how could we have a, 
an exclusive mentality. Let's open up. Let's open it up. Hallelujah. Let's undertake true ministry. Jesus went out and he served people. Remember, a centurion came to Jesus and begged that his servant be healed. And Jesus Christ said, I am coming to your home. Jesus Christ did not say, well, I won't come. The man was a Gentile. And he, having the spirit without measure, said, I'm coming to your home. And the man said, Jesus, don't come. I am a man under authority. I said this and my soldiers obey. You two, just speak your words and my servant will be healed. And Jesus Christ said, wow, I have not come across this faith in Israel. Goodness me. I have not come across this faith in Israel. Hey, I've come to tell you, there are some delights you will enjoy as you open up. You will see wonderful things happen. You will see some, you, you, you will come across testimonies. Maybe you can't travel, but you use other, me, other mediums to send your message, to send your ministry anywhere. Take advantages. Take, take advantage, advantage of platforms available and make your ministry go wild. Hallelujah. Expand it. Remember, God's goodness and love is not exclusive. So let's open up our ministries to everybody, everywhere. God bless you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would appreciate that your goodness and love are not exclusive to certain groups or camps or people or anything. And as Jesus did not restrict his ministry to, you know, Nazareth and to just Israel, as they, as they would have wanted him to. They were offended. They were offended to the point that they, they drove him out of the synagogue to go and kill him because they could not handle it. What he was teaching was against their tradition. It went against their, their thinking. Father, I pray that our response to Jesus will not be like that. Father, I pray that we will not be like the Nazareth even us, as we open up our ministries up, we will also not behave like the, like the people of Nazareth. Where we, where we allow the natural or the material thing to hinder us. Some of us, we are hindered by the letter of the word. Some of us. The letter of the word, the scriptures. We are familiar with verses. We can quote them. We know where the Bible stories and, and the books are. And we think that by knowing those things, we, we know the Lord. But he himself said in John 5, 39 and 40, he said, you search the, the scriptures. You search them, thinking that in them you will find eternal life, but you will not come to me, but you have life. You think that by just... Knowing these stories and being able to debate from them and all that, you know me. But that we will learn to go beyond the scriptures. Be, be, I, mean, I mean, go beyond the letter of the scriptures to, to know him. To know Jesus. To know God. That we will go beyond to know God. That we will not be restricted. We will not be, become so familiar with the things that are around us. Familiarity. Familiarity with Jesus. Anything that is associated with Christ Jesus. Like his word. Like the scriptures. 
Some of us, we are familiar with our services. Oh, from here we'll go to that one. We know our, our liturgy. From this we go to that. From that we, we, we go to that. So we lose a sense of God. God have mercy on us. That we will go beyond these, nat these natural things and to engage with God in good meditation, in good pondering over God himself and relationship with him. Some of us, our, you know, our love affair is just with the words in the scriptures and texts and quotations and the Bible says here, the Bible says this, but we really do not know the God of the Bible. But that we will go beyond the letter that kills to the reality of him. Know him for who he really is. Maybe you are hearing me. You've got a, a, a lackadaisical attitude concerning the things of God. You are not really passionate about it. It's, it's, a, it's a tradition. Any idea, any kind of behavior, any kind of attitude that makes you, you know, uncaring about the things of God is a tradition. It's an idea that needs to be submitted to the word of God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, submit it. Or maybe you are hearing me. And you don't know Jesus. He's not your Lord. He's not your Savior. Or maybe you have seen him as a Savior, but not your Lord. Like Nazareth. Nazareth will not allow him to be their Lord, to tell them the truth. They raised their ideas and traditions above him. So they sent him out of the synagogue. Don't send him out of your life with your ideas and traditions. Today you can submit to him and say, Lord, Jesus, I want to serve you as Lord. Yes, I know you are a Savior, but I want to serve you as Lord. Today, save me. Deliver me. Bring me out of my bondage. Give me your life. Eternal, your, your life. I want your life. I want to have a living relationship with you from today. I want to work with you. I want to live an authentic relationship with you, an authentic life with you. I don't want to be super, superficial anymore. I don't want my relationship with you to be nominal anymore. If your Christian life is just nominal, it's all because you've got certain things in your mind. Drop them today. Go beyond the letter. Go beyond the, the, the natural things and begin to engage with Christ Jesus. Amen. God bless you.